So I don't, I don't know how you do this, but I read the news each day, most days at least, sort of like this. Um, I open up my phone and I, I start flipping or scrolling through whatever, whatever sort of app it is that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. So, so something like this. And I just start scrolling through and looking at headlines. So um, something about Harry and Meghan. Uh, politics, politics, COVID, COVID in politics, how to make juicy pork chops, uh, evangelicals should stop consulting themselves. Oh, that's interesting. Buffalo Bills among favorites to win Super Bowl next year. Come on, you, you can't tease me like that. I mean, Buffalo Bill fans know that that's unlikely. Uh, and so occasionally, as I'm flipping through and looking at all of these various headlines, I will find something that's interesting, like the, the Buffalo Bills headline. I might look at that one later. And so I'll open it up, and uh, I'll start skimming through or, or reading the beginning of the article, uh, something like this. Um, how, do you, how do you get rich investing? <laughs> okay, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll find out. And I start flipping through, and then I'm like, oh, uh, it says essentially start when you're 20. <laughs> I could have, great information, I could have used this like several decades ago. Uh, and so then I, I just keep flipping and flipping or, or scrolling and scrolling through, through all of these different headlines. That's sort of how I gather all of my information uh, day in and day out about what's happening in the world. And this means that, that the majority of the information that I'm consuming is junk food to, to an extent, right? I mean, it's... It's, it tastes good. Headlines, there's billions of dollars going into making headlines sound appealing and interesting. So, so the food tastes good, but, but there's no nutritional value because there's really no substance if I'm not actually reading beyond the headlines. And so without substance, there's really nothing for me to digest, which means that I don't really know whether this information that I'm looking at is valuable or, or, or true, or, or even if this information might be poisonous. Wait, what source is this again? Q? Where did this come from? If we don't know, or if we don't pay any attention beyond the headlines, then we just don't really know where any of this information is coming from. And, and I'm not really asking, is this information valuable? I'm not asking, is this helpful, or is this, is this worth applying to my life or, or looking at further? And, and honestly, I mean, that's fine a lot of the time, right? I mean, we don't need everything that we read or everything that we do in life to have some higher moral value. I mean, that's just exhausting to try to do that for everything in life, right? That's exhausting. <laughs> She's married to a pastor, so this is just really exhausting to try to live that way. So sometimes we just need a distraction, sometimes we need a good laugh, sometimes we need time to pass. So, so keep all of that in mind as we continue talking. But let's pretend just for fun that all of the information that I'm reading and taking in is good and it's true and it's valuable information that can make my life better and can make the world better. Let's just pretend. So let's assume um, that I'm consuming information that is a lot of substance. It's, it's really good, nothing bad. So I read one article that's interesting, but then when that article is over, I read the next one, and then I turn to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And then when I'm done reading that, I, 
I look through my email. And again, in this pretend world, my email isn't filled with junk mail or, or advertisements. These are all like really valuable conversations that I'm having with people that are meaningful to me in my life. And then when I'm done with my email, I get in, in my car and I start listening to a really good podcast. And then I get to work and I start reading these really good books about God and about faith and about culture and all kinds of other, other good things. And then I have some great conversations with our staff here, here at the church. And, and then I, afterwards I go through my email again and then I read some more. And then on the way home, I continue listening to that podcast. At home, we have dinner as a family and everyone tells each other about their day, about the good and the bad and all of the ways that we experience life. And, and then I help with homework and I, and I learn something new about sixth grade math, which is really exciting. And then we watch a television show or a movie together that is, is funny and deep and moving and meaningful and beautiful all at the same time. And then we get the kids ready for bed and we read about Gerald and Piggy and the kids fall asleep and then we eventually fall asleep and then the next day I wake up and it all happens all over again. Again and again the next day, and the next day, and the next day. All of this good information. And so here's the question in this imaginary world. <clears throat> am I a better person? <laughs> Is the world a better place? I mean, perhaps. Hopefully some of that will, will, will sink in. But, but consuming all of this information without stopping doesn't necessarily change me, does it? If I never take the time to digest it. If I never take the time to sit with it and, and to consider what out of all of this is, is good for me to, to spend more time with or, or to apply to my life. <clears throat> Occasionally, as we're consuming all kinds of information, it's helpful to slow down just long enough to let some of it sink in, right? I was reading something the other day that says that an average American, and this was like a decade ago, consumes or hears, on average, 100,000 words a day, reads or hears 100,000 words a day, which is, that's a lot of information. So, during the season of Lent, I think light bulb moment, sort of discovering, seeing something more clearly or, or more honestly, we, we've been looking at practices to help us pay attention. Did I say Lent? Epiphany. We'll get to Lent eventually. Um, so last week we looked at this practice called the examine, which is really just paying attention to the highs and lows of our day, paying attention to, to how we experience life as, as, um, as life-giving or, or, or experience things that are dry and, and feel somewhat lifeless. And then the week before that we looked at communion or, or eating together in general as a, as a practice of paying attention to the people we're with, to, to look people in the eyes and, and to savor uh, an experience rather than just sort of rushing through life. <clears throat> so this week, um, let's consider uh, the practice of reading or consuming information. And this is something called Lectio Divina. You, you may have heard it before. It, it simply means sacred reading. Um, where we read the same thing several times in an attempt to slow down and, and not just move to the, to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing so that we can ask different questions and hopefully go a little bit deeper into, into one thing. 
Um, It's a spiritual practice that is usually applied to reading the Bible, Um, but the concept can be applied toward any other number of things that we might find valuable. Uh, There's a podcast, I don't know if you've heard of it, that uses Lectio Divina and spiritual practices to, to read through the Harry Potter books. It's called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. You may have heard of it. It's, it's actually really good, but they use these ancient practices to pay attention to things that, that seem meaningful and valuable. <clears throat> so, so this is how it works. Uh, today, we'll, we'll read through Colossians 3, 12 through 17, four times. We've already, already done it once. The first reading is simple. We are just reading or listening for comprehension and to pay attention to the words or the phrases or ideas that stand out to us as we read or as we, as we listen. The second reading then is for us to take a little bit more time for reflection, to dig a little bit deeper into the meaning or, or into the ways that this text might connect to our life and to the experiences that we have in life. The third reading is our response or, or our reaction to what we're reading, so paying attention to, our, to our, our, own, our own experience. And then the fourth reading is an invitation to rest. Okay? So we've heard Colossians... Okay. I said okay, and then I rushed on. So, okay? <laughs> Take a deep breath. So we've heard uh, Colossians 3 once already uh, that Darnell read to us. So let's listen now um, for any, any deeper meaning um, or any in- deeper invitation or connection to our own life. Uh, what, what might God be saying to me as we, as we hear this text again? As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against one, someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So did you notice anything, any deeper meaning or any invitation? Or what experiences in your own life came to mind as we listened to that a second time? Or maybe what connections did you make to, to other things in life, other songs, other, other movies, other images, whatever it might be? For me, the, the phrase that stood out, and in, in, in part why we're, we're doing this, is this phrase... Um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That, that's what stood out to me. Now, the word dwell sometimes has a negative connotation, doesn't it? Like, stop dwelling on whatever, that negative experience. But, but to dwell means to take up residence with, right? To, to live with something long enough to, to really know it, 
the positives, the negatives, and everything in between to dwell with something. So what might it look like not just to know things intellectually, but to embody them, to live them out, in the, to live these most important values or these most important ideas out in real life? So notice that at the center of this conversation about faith and about dwelling in, in Christ is its relationships. What does this all look like in relationship with one another? What does it mean for Jesus' way of love to be lived out in community? It's not just individual. Of course it is individual, but, but it's communal. So did anyone hear anything different? Did any other words stand out or any other phrases stand out to you? Or did everybody just hear what I heard? Okay, I'm assuming that we heard something different. You all are just staring at me. <laughs> you could just tell me yes or no. Did you hear something different? What did you hear? So the clothing, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, completely different from what I was paying attention to. Anybody else? Courage. Sorry? Great. So courage, because we have sort of the, the, the soul or the, the presence of Christ in our life. Yeah. Great. So something different. That's fantastic. Anybody else? Yeah. Compassion. You could use some more compassion. <laughs> I, think we, I think our world could use a whole lot more compassion. Uh, thank you. I mean, so, I mean, th- this is what's interesting is that it's, it's a practice like this is all very personal. But as a community, when we share our various experiences, we all get a larger picture, right? Like we all gain more as a community and as we share sort of our own reflections and our own experiences. So, our third reading is our response how we respond to what we heard about compassion or about being courageous or about, about being clothed in, in all of these virtues or about dwelling in Christ, whatever it is. What, what is our response to that? So what, what questions, what thoughts, what objections or reactions do we have as we read these words? I mean, we can have all kinds of reactions. They don't all have to be positive. Is there anything here worth further consideration Is there any invitation to act or to do something differently as we listen again to these words? So let's listen again, and I want to invite Darnell to read a third time. As God-chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Above all, close yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell, you, dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay, so what was your response? In, in hearing this or, or in reading this, how did you feel or what did you think of as, as, a, as a reaction or, or what was your honest reaction? I mean, it, again, it could be all kinds of things and I imagine it's different for all of us. We may have so many different reactions. I, someone might think, I can see the face of the person I need to forgive, even if it's just for myself. But I don't want to. I really don't want to. They've never apologized, so what's the point? Am I really God's chosen, holy and beloved? Am I really? Are they really? Why do I like ideas so much? as opposed to like doing something about those ideas. God, to be honest, I stopped listening to the sermon a long time ago. What is he even talking about? We can have all kinds of different reactions, but notice that, that in this form of sacred reading, we're not just reading the text. It's not just the text that is sacred, but we're learning to read ourselves. We're learning to read our own reactions. We're learning to realize that, that, that there's something sacred about us. That God is in us and in our lives in a, in, a, in a significant way. We're learning to pay attention to our mind, to our bodies, and to our emotions. We're learning to pay attention to our reality. And this can be hard work. It's just so much easier to keep flipping and flipping and scrolling and scrolling from headline to headline to headline. That's it easy to do, but being reflective and sitting with some of this stuff long enough so that we begin to sort of pay attention to what's happening in our own life, that can be exhausting, which is why we end this sacred reading with rest, to enjoy any awareness that we might have of God's presence with us, to enjoy any awareness we might have of being loved and, and of being included already Even if nothing changes in our lives, or if nothing changes about us from this reading, we rest in the fact that we are already loved and that we already belong. So let's listen one last time, and then we'll allow ourselves to just sit and enjoy our musical meditation. As God's chosen ones, Holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, our Father, our Mother, our Parent, our auntie, our grandparent, our sibling, or our most caring friend. Amen.